0: 1 Kings 18, verses 17 to 21. Let us read together the word of God. Let us go together. I need Him to all the people, and said along and apology between two opinions, the Lord be God, for him, for the faith, and for answered. For the year 2018, the last word God has for you on the subject connected to the source. Connected to the source on our topic, showdown. And mount carmel will you pray with me father speak to our hearts help that we will recognize that every time we need to be connected it is now bless your word may it fall in every heart and we receive rejoice we receive your word with gladness and leave rejoicing in Jesus name we pray connected to the source You can now turn on your clocks and have it rolling. We will end in the next 15 minutes. Elijah stands alone before King Ahab and 450 prophets of Baal and all Israel. Something strange was about to happen. There was to be a great showdown on Mount Carmel. Israel had departed from the true worship of God. And all around could be seen altars of Baal. Baal was worshipped as the source of life and blessings. He was considered as the one who gave moisture to the earth and gave to the land its increase. For three and a half years, there has been a severe famine in the land. And there has been no change. Baal's power could not undo the word of Elijah who spoke for the Lord. Now Elijah, the most wanted man of the state, stands alone against an entire nation that has apostatized along with 450 prophets of Baal. It has the setting of a great showdown, an epic battle. It's the battle of David versus Goliath. It's the clash of the heavyweight title back then when I was young between Mike Tyson and the underdog Buster Douglas. It is the great football clash between the great Brazil and the minor Jamaica. It is the clash of the titans. But this is a spiritual battle. And Elijah knows that one with God is in the majority. For God is not and is never moved by numbers, but is moved by faithfulness. God can deliver with many or with few or with men who have no power, for the battle is not yours, it is the Lord's. This is a type of the great showdown that will soon take place on the earth. What is the showdown? It is a showdown between faith our faith versus presumption truth versus error light versus darkness christ versus satan turn with me to the book of revelation chapter 17 and verse 14 as we look at this great showdown that will take place revelation 17 and verse 14 and we will read it together revelation 17 and verse 14 are you there if you're there say amen let's read it together these shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them for he is lord of lords and king of kings and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful three important points emerge for those who will be triumphant with the lamb in this great showdown point number one as we get into the passage God wants us to guard against losing communion with him. Now, as we look forward to 2019, God is saying, guard against losing communion with me. Israel was God's chosen people. They had been favored with great blessings from God. Isn't God a good God? Isn't he a great God? Do you know that as I look into the Scripture? When God was leading the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage, when Moses met him and said, What shall I say to the people? Whom shall I tell them that you are? And he said, Tell them that I am that I am. Now it comes, the English word for I am that I am from the Hebrew. The Hebrew transliteration is Jehovah. And the word Jehovah means God says, I will be what they want me to be i will be a pillar of cloud in the day to them because in the day it gets humid and hot. so god says i will be a pillar of cloud that shade them from the eater and in the night it tends to get very cold and there is no light so god says tell them i will become fire that gives them light and gives them eat isn't god a good god God says, I will be what they want me to be. God is good. But Israel divorced herself voluntarily from God and chose Baal to be her God. This did not happen instantaneously, but over a period of time. They were ruled by successive kings who seemed to outdo each other in evil and who had no fear for God. 1 Kings 16, verse 30. Let me read it for you. 1 Kings 16, and verse 30. The Bible says, and Ahab. And who, everybody? Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord. What's that word there? Above. What's that word there? Above all that were before him. Ahab. Boldly, led the people of God into Baal worship, and he married Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, the high priest of Baal. From a worldly stand- standpoint, I'm sorry, Ahab was a successful ruler because, according to 1 Kings 16:34, he brought prosperity to Israel with the rebuilding of Jericho, which became a place of considerable importance. S.D.A. Bible Commentary, 810. It had great natural advantages, being well watered and commanded the highway from the valley of Jordan to the high ground of Bethel. But in God's view, Ahab did worse than all the evil kings before him. Because God had clearly stated in Joshua six twenty six, that cursed be the man that rebuilds Jericho. My brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, prosperity sometimes can cause spiritual downfall. For the love of money is the root of all evil. If we're going to be connected to the source in 2019, we have got to guard well our communion with God. But the Laodicean church, today's church, is steadily losing communion with God and appears to be in the same position as the people of God in Elijah's time. Revelation 3, verse 17, the Bible tells us what's our condition. Turn there with me quickly. Turn there with me. I have only a few minutes left. Revelation 3, verse 17. Turn there with me. Listen to the word of God, to the Laodicean church, our church. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art, what? Wretched and miserable and poor and blind. And notice, they say, they are rich and in need of nothing. They have mistakenly equated material blessings with spiritual blessings. They speak proudly of their worldly accomplishments. They speak of their exalted position as the remnant church. They speak of how they love the truth, but they are really at ease in the church. They are really complacent in the church. Believing themselves to be in an exalted condition of spiritual attainment But Christ, the true witness, says that we are poor, wretched, blind, and naked. You see, the ladies in Christian, which is today Christian, have only a theoretical knowledge of the truth, but they have not a practical knowledge of what it means to be the remnant. They lack all the graces of heaven, For they are not willing to endure conflict and toil. They make no earnest effort or sacrifices for the heavenly churches. They don't love to fast and pray and sacrifice and deny themselves to overcome sin. They make no sacrifices for the heavenly treasure. The laodicean Christian is slowly losing their love for God and their love for souls. They have no high self, Jesus says. Therefore, they lack spiritual discernment. Therefore, they have no concept of what is right and what is wrong. That's what Jesus says. But here is the good news for the Laodicean. The Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he corrected. Therefore, he says, be zealous and repent. The message then for the Seventh-day Adventist church in the last days cannot be a smooth message. Because our condition is not good. It cannot be smooth. The messages that God gives his servants must disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed in the house of God. Prophets and King, page 116. L.N.G. White says, God had sent faithful messengers with repeated warnings to apostate king and his people, but they were all rejected until the whole nation was in complete darkness. My brothers and sisters, one sin often leads to another sin. And it weakens our resistance against evil when we sin. Sadly, the Laodicean Christian is following the same example of ancient Israel. They are following it. How do I know that? Because Testimony, Volume 3, page 255, Ellen G. White says, I have been shown by God that the greatest reason that the people of God are now found in the state of spiritual blindness is that they will not receive correction. They will not receive correction. Reminds me of a pastor that was preaching. And when he preached the message and he touched a particular point, there was a lady that keeps saying, Amen! Give it to them. And each time he preached, give it to them. The pastor gets so upset, and the pastor said when she was about to stand up and said, give it to them, what about you? What about you? That's the Laodicean Christian. They keep looking at their brothers, but not at themselves. They keep measuring their Christianity against their brothers, but they are not looking at the perfect example, Jesus Christ. So they think they are in good standing when Jesus says they are poor. But God shows his love for apostate Israel by sending them one of the mightiest prophets Elijah. God always have a man for the crisis. And my second point and then I close. Point number 1, we must guard well losing communion with God. Here is the danger for the Adventist church. Here is the danger. We can become so Comfortably in the normatives of church. We expect when we come to church to have prayer. We expect when we get ready to preach to pray. We, get, we expect when we begin to read the scripture or do anything to pray. But it's not coming from our hearts because it is expected we do it. It is expected that when we have a board meeting, we pray, but our hearts are not in it. We are not surrendering to God, and we can be deceived and don't even know. Because these are expected things. It is time for us to go beyond the expectations. So point number two, God is calling his church to have faith in the unfailing power of his word. See, as the apostasy deepens in Israel and darkness covers the people, Elijah enters the palace unnoticed by the guards. He solicits no admissions and he waits for no formal introduction. He makes no apology for his abrupt appearance. A greater than the king had commissioned him, he stretched forth his hands and declared. As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. First Kings seventeen one. And as Elijah delivered the message, he quickly disappeared without waiting for the effects of the message. Now here is what I believe: as Elijah delivered the message to the king. And they were so caught up with the message, he escaped without them touching him because I believe angels came down and took him out. Because the Bible says the angel of the Lord encamp run about them who fear him and delivers them. But listen carefully. It was faith in the unfailing power of God's word that Elijah delivered his message. Why? Because as I studied this passage, on his way to Samaria... To deliver the message, there were no evidences that this would be possible. Everything that the eye rested on was clothed with beauty. Every flowing stream, hills were covered with verdure and stately forests. But immediately, as the prophet spake his word, it went into immediate effect. God's word will triumph eventually the word of God has power to close and open the windows of heaven for by the word of the Lord the heavens were made all the power of God is in his word for he spake and it was done he commanded and it stood fast and the Apostle Paul says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is power in the word of God. It has power that the word of God can dispel darkness all around for thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path the word of God is the traveler's map it is the pilgrim's staff it is the pilot's compass it is the soldier's sword and it is the Christian's charter there is power in the word of God we cannot as we face 2019 claim that we are connected to the source of power and we are neglecting the word of God We cannot claim to be connected to him if we neglect the word. We cannot claim to be connected to him if we are not studying and obeying the word. We cannot. We cannot be connected to the source of power without obedience to what he says. Israel had departed from God's word. That in the time of crisis, listen to me carefully as I close in five. In the time of crisis when Elijah's life was in danger because he stood up for God, God could find no one in Israel to hide his servant. This was how great the apostasy was, that God could not trust his servant with not one Israelite. But I want to say this to you, God's word has power to take care of his people in any crisis without any human help. God can do it again. So therefore, God now instructed Elijah, because he could not trust anyone, to go by the brook sheriff, for he has commanded the ravens to feed him. God took care of Elijah through a raven. But the famine was so severe that the brook sheriff dried up. But I want you to know as you face 2019 that when one door closed, God's word has power to open other doors. So God now send him to the widow of Zarephath. As I close 1 Kings 17, 11 to 16, the Bible tells us that the widow of Zarephath was about to prepare her last meal to eat and then die. And God sent Elijah to this widow who was about to eat her last meal, and then she would die. God sent him to her, and Elijah said, Give me first, and then go look after yourself. He sent Elijah to a widow, which belonged to Zion. Now, let me tell you something carefully. God is an amusing God. You see, Ahab and Jezebel were searching for Elijah. They went everywhere and issued decrees that if he is found, he should be killed. And if they found out that these kings were lying, they would kill them. So hated was he that they issued commands. But God, listen carefully now, sent Elijah to hide in the same place where Jezebel came from. It was in the place of Baal worship. It was the heart of Baal worship. That God sent him to hide his servant isn't God a great God God sent him the same place where Jezebel came from what a God we serve you see God's people had great light but they had not lived up to the light that God had given them and this woman who was a worshipper of Baal she gained little light and she lived up to the little light that she had and god said i'm going to send my servant to the one who has this little light because my people has not been living up to the light i gave them the famine was affecting the land of zidon but the little she had the very last she gave to the prophet and according to the word of god which came from the prophet the bible says according to the word of god The barrel of meal will not waste. Neither did the cruise of oil fail for three and a half years. In other words, while there was famine everywhere, the rich, everybody was affected. The widow had enough for three and a half years. Her barrel was overflowing and the oil was overflowing because God is a mighty God. But listen carefully as I close this message. Listen carefully what God is showing us. God sometimes choose to bless us in disguise. She had only enough and God said, give me everything first. He chose to bless her in disguise. It was a test whether she would give all. She did not know how she would live after, but it was a test. Therefore, circumstances should not control us. We should not give according to how God blessed us. We must choose to give to God all the time. No matter what circumstances we are in. Even if all that we have is our tithe and our offering. And we do not know how our bills will be paid. God can take care of us still. We must be faithful to God because he blesses us sometimes in disguise. And if in the time of prosperity we are faithful to God, then in times of adversity He will come through for us. So I close with my testimony. Oh, if we are faithful in times of prosperity, when there is crisis everywhere, God will show up for us. When I went to the United States of America to study, this was a crisis for my family. When we had no house, Because we could no longer afford, I told you, when we prayed, God came through for us. But now when we reached the place where our money was expended, we had no more left. God came through again for us. And God seeks to bless us in disguises. You see, my wife now was the one who was to work while I was now going to study. And when she met to be placed, they offered her two places in the cafeteria that deals with the guests and that's where every student wants to go because that's where the nice food and everything is because they're dealing with the guest and that's where my wife wanted to go or she could go to the cafeteria that deals with the students my wife wanted to go but she said let them choose and they placed her in the cafeteria but god seeks to bless us in disguises when she went to the cafeteria We had little money left to buy food. The manager, without my wife asking her, looked at her every Friday and said, take these food with you and take them for your husband and your children. When she began to take the food, she took it out it was only little. Then I noticed she began to come home with the food and it was so much food that I said to her, how is it so much? She said, it is the manager now that is giving her. I said, let the manager keep giving you god chose to bless us in disguise when she went there in the cafeteria god knew that we would need food because we had little money so god put her there that we could get food for three for six months without paying any money he chose to bless us in disguises but there are so many more i close with this one when we were getting ready to leave my wife was sick for one week, and we lost a lot of money because of our work-study program. And not only that, we had to go another week away to do training, so two weeks' money we lost. But I serve a God who can provide. And then we end up owing them 2500 for the tuition fee. I'm saying if we're faithful in prosperity, when we reach crisis, God himself will come through for us. We needed $2,500 now on our tuition, and we have only three weeks left. I applied i sent to the directors i met with them i said look i've tried everything my wife and i we are honest people i said to them i'm willing to go back to jamaica and i will work hard i i know they will take me back and i will pay you every month what we owe you but i also applied if they have any scholarship they could assist us and they said we have nothing they had no money but somehow they went and looked in the account again and when they looked in the account, beyond the, uh, their surprise, they had so much money. They had none before the day and then the next day when they looked again, there was a lot. And they voted to give us $1,000. No, we need one five left. And we went and we praised and we thanked God. Then we met a lady who had a son there. She's from Atlanta. She sent a letter to us and when we opened the letter, she sent $500 for us. When you're faithful in times of prosperity and you reach your crisis, God will always show up for you. So as we go 2019, we need to have faith in the unfailing power of the word of God. Then when we got that $500, we still needed some more money. And some persons called from Jamaica and we registered them to do online studies and we got some commission from that When we ended up getting everything, the school owed us almost $200. When we owed them $2,500, when they checked our account, they now owed us almost $200. God is a faithful God. We need to have faith in the unfailing power of his word. We cannot live by sight of what we see. Else we are going to miss the power of God in 2019. So I close. And I continue. I close by making an appeal. I have learned that experience. Do you think you hear anything yet? At Wildwood? that's only a minute thing that God did. There were so many things. Because God is saying, I am God. And if you put me first, live by my words first. When you are in your crisis, I will show up faith in the unfailing power of God's Word do not lose communion with God as we go to 2019 you do not know if you're gonna live throughout the year do not lose communion with God guard it while you get busy for everything else while you get busy in the church work because the devil can deceive us to be busy in the work and we have no communion with God don't lose your communion with God it's too near If this is your commitment and you have not yet given your life to jesus and you want to say pastor i want you to pray for me as i go into 2019 that i will have a closer walk with jesus and